Plantix is an agri-tech startup from Berlin that is using the power of computer vision and AI to help farmers in countries such as India to identify plant diseases and improve crop health. I am your host Paras Mehta and this time on India to Germany, we speak with Dr. Ivan Kalev, Head of Engineering at Plantix. Ivan is highly experienced at building scalable software systems and leading tech teams. He speaks with us about the technology that drives Plantix and what it is like to work there. Welcome, Ivan. Thank you for speaking with us. Thanks for having me for your kind invitation. You're most welcome. So, Ivan, you have uh, more than 15 years of experience in building software systems. What is it that brought you to your current role at Plantix? Um, I'll start with my background dating back to my childhood to give okay. you some perspective. Um, <laughs> I have a very diverse background uh, between biochemistry, genetic engineering, computer science, software engineering, and that is pretty much on purpose, I have to say. Uh, why so? Uh, because interesting things happen when you bridge different domains. When you're an expert in more than one thing, you usually look at things and problems from a different angle. You also discover new and interesting problems to solve when your approach to solving them is probably quite novel. Hopefully, you're even more successful than before. So I quite enjoy bridging different domains and working in different fields. Um, over the years, I've worked in many different um, domains myself. Uh, when I was a kid, I, of course, enjoyed playing with toys um, and video games as my buddies, but that wasn't somehow enough. Um, I also wanted to know how these toys are built. Can I rebuild them myself? Maybe invent my, my own ones? That sounds awesome. Uh, same with programming. <laughs> I ended up uh, learning basic by myself when I was a teenager and built my uh, poker game which had a fatal flaw in its random generator. So eventually it would deal the same cards every time you restart the game. But hey, that was still very exciting for the time. <laughs> uh, uh, on the other hand, being raised in a family, uh, healthcare family, essentially, where my father is a doctor and my mother is a microbiologist, I deeply care about healthcare myself, about biological sciences, um, these biomedical domains, essentially what does make us tick, what does um, how our, our bodies really work and how can we fix them when they break? Can we even invent new bodies if possible? <laughs> uh, those kind of interesting topics. So when I first heard about bioinformatics, um, I was in high school at the time, you know, wondering what to do next with my life. Uh, my mind was blown because biological sciences and computer science are two of my favorite topics, basically my strengths. So combining them professionally and for a good cause, such as sequencing the human genome, solving difficult problems, uh, eventually fixing a lot of difficult diseases, so basically a very good cause, sounded like a very fulfilling career. So naturally, I wanted to become a bioinformatician and I did. Um, I started um, genetic engineering and molecular biology because computer science, I figured I can do on my own pretty well. Studying biochemistry in your bedroom, 
good luck with that. <laughs> you need a lab. So I did. Um, and after I graduated, I started working as a bioinformatician for a few years, uh, getting good at software design, software construction, database theory, but something was missing. Something was surely missing. At that point, uh, I could build clean code. Um, I regarded myself as a software craftsman and I really deeply cared about this craft, but I couldn't quite explain why this clean code still doesn't scale well or does it scale well? If so, why so? I felt I need to get better at fundamentals, at hardcore computer science, and I moved to Germany. After four years in bioinformatics, I moved to uh, Baden-Württemberg in the south of Germany without speaking a single word in German. That was pretty brave. Uh, you know, Baden-Württemberg is not like Berlin. In Berlin, you can speak English and get away with it. Uh, at the south of Germany, it's more difficult. Uh, anyway, that wasn't by any means the only challenge. Uh, it was science. So I started a PhD in bioinformatics and computer science. Um, which comes with its own sets of challenges. It opened my mind for hardcore computer science and really ticked off that box for me and made me feel um, more solid in what I do. After that, I moved to uh, Dublin, uh, the Silicon Valley of Europe, or so they say. <laughs> uh, you know, big tech companies are in Dublin and eventually I wanted to join one, uh, one of them. As first, I worked in stock trading for a while, very hard problems, uh, combining data science and software engineering, but the purpose was missing. Why are we trading stocks? How do we move the world in this way? Uh, you know, uh, the healthcare aspect was missing. Uh, then I wanted to, tr to eventually join Google or Facebook, uh, but there weren't any real engineering positions in Dublin at the time. So the closest I could find uh, by accident was Qualtrics, uh, which was founded by Jared Smith and his brother. Jared Smith is um, a guy, a famous guy from Google. You may have heard of him from WordPerfect. A very successful person I look up to. And the CTO was John Timpson, whose team built Alexa at Amazon. Uh, a company with a very high hiring bar, strong engineering principles, no surprise coming from Amazon and Google. And I was surrounded by truly bright people, some truly exceptional people who I learned from. That was also my first dive into SaaS, uh, microservices, scalability, and that kind of stuff. But also opened my mind for uh, building a company with very high hiring bar. And essentially, how do you build a high-performance team? At that time, I was already getting, I think, quite good at building high-performance systems. Well, what about teams? Those are systems too. <laughs> they also need to scale well. <laughs> um, it was a blast for me, but and um, we built, I built together with um, uh, the other people a great team of around 20 people. I was very sad to leave it, but with my German wife, we decided to start, it's time to start a family, and we came to Berlin. And this is where my journey with Plantix started. I was not quite aware of Plantix at the time until they approached me. It immediately clicked in my head. For me, wow, that's a return to bioinformatics. Uh, we're helping farmers uh, across the globe and we're solving interesting problems, but for a good cause. Yeah, that's very, very impressive, I have to say. <laughs> I, that's very versatile, I have to say. That's correct. 
and now you are at Plantix. Uh, I also actually read about Plantix a couple of years ago in the newspaper uh, that, yeah, it's helping, helping farmers in countries like India. So could you tell us a little bit more about the company? Uh, I would be happy to. Uh, Plantix started in academia uh, during the PhDs of the founders. I love that aspect. Me being a scientist myself, uh, I love when an idea starts at a very fundamental level, right? So um, these guys were doing their PhDs in geography and, of course, being very interested in agriculture, uh, trying to help farmers improve their yields and uh, save their crops. But the issue with academia is that you don't necessarily reach a lot of people. While there are literally millions of farmers in India who need help, those are small-scale farmers who cannot afford, who cannot necessarily afford to hire professional agronomists, but still these people are suffering from you know, crop damage and they need help. So the professor said, why don't you scale this up and build a company? And so they did. So they moved out of Hanover and came to Berlin where they can hire international talent uh, more easily uh, and started Plantix as a startup. Um, the, the core of, of Plantix is the idea of um, detecting crop diseases automatically. So uh, farmers can access that service for free and um, eventually live better lives. That sounds a very good mission. I have to really, I have to agree that, yeah, they are helping a lot of farmers. I keep reading about it and I am always impressed. <laughs> the idea of Plantix is, of course, to, to take a, a picture um, to, these days with your smartphone of, um, of a crop. And then um, eventually we could try to diagnose the disease and recommend a medicine. So that is the, the, the premise of Plantix. We do also other things these days, um, such as we can recommend uh, a specific uh, a specific chemical or a set of chemicals you can use to treat the disease. And hopefully we can recommend one that is less toxic. So in this way, we also help a little bit towards reducing unnecessary chemical pollution. And, you know, much like the problem with antibiotics, where antibiotics can be recklessly prescribed for anything, as a result, they lose their efficiency because uh, bacteria develop resistance. Same with insects who can develop resistance. You know, insects uh, evolve quite quickly, much like bacteria because of their massive populations. So recklessly prescribing chemicals results in both pollution and uh, resistance. So by being able to diagnose the disease accurately and quickly, uh, we can help farmers have, you know, a more targeted, you know, use a more targeted treatment. Great. So uh, a farmer basically uses your app and takes a photo of his crop. And then that is used to first of all detect if there are any diseases. And if there are any diseases, then he or she is recommended a proper treatment for this. Correct. Um, there are now two ways to enter Plantix, to be honest. Uh, a new development is a WhatsApp chatbot. <laughs> so you can simply uh, take a picture, upload it in WhatsApp, send it to us, and this will trigger our health check algorithm and you'll receive your diagnosis back in WhatsApp. 
but of course uh, the bread and butter of Plantix is the and the Android app, uh, which uh, farmers install on their phones and can use to take a picture of the crop. Once uh, we take a, once you take a picture of it, uh, it will get uploaded to our backend infrastructure here in uh, Berlin. Um, our machine learning algorithms will kick in, start crunching some numbers, and eventually <laughs> spit out uh, a diagnosis. If you are currently located in an area uh, that is uh, supported, uh, we will eventually uh, be able to refer you to a shop around uh, where you can go and pick up uh, recommended medicine. Oh, right, great. Um, so you mentioned that yeah, you use machine learning and this this number crunching. I can imagine also yeah, you also use so, uh, computer vision for this. Uh, so could you tell us a bit more about the technology that is behind this app? Right. Um, as I mentioned, health, the health check algorithm is the bread and butter of, of, of Plantix. We have a fleet of uh, microservices here in Berlin when maintain the infrastructure. Uh, one of them is, uh, two of them actually, are doing the uh, machine learning bit. Um, under the hood, we have trained uh, a neural network using uh, image labels obtained from real specialists. So uh, we hire experts who labeled sets of um, real world images of plants with potential damage on them and diseases, and they label and annotate them. Uh, these are big sets of images that we use to train our uh, neural networks. Uh, and we use those networks to, to, do, uh, to recognize features on, on the on the images and diagnose first recognize the crop and second recognize potential damage on the crop itself and classify it as a disease and if it is a disease eventually uh, be able to say what exactly what type of disease it is okay and uh, i'm curious uh, what kind of accuracy are we talking about here um so of course, the right person to give you the precise numbers would be the tech lead in machine learning. Uh, the last numbers I have are between 70 and 80% of accuracy. And um, just yesterday, again, we had this debate, what is good accuracy? It's good accuracy, it, it's context dependent. <laughs> I agree, I agree. Yeah, that's true. But this is where we are rightly, uh, right at the moment. Great, okay. So you yourself are heading engineering at Plantix. What kind of technical challenges do you and your team tackle at your work? Uh, right. So there are a number of interesting problems that emerge in, in, in this domain. Uh, and they are basically divided into two main buckets. Uh, on one hand, we have to handle a certain scale. And we have to, we're a SaaS company, we, we run in the cloud. So um, all of these software engineering and cloud engineering problems are, uh, we have to solve them. Uh, on the other hand, we do machine learning. So we're dealing with models that need to be trained. So this is the second class of problems. And let's start with, with, with machine learning. Um, at the mo we started Plantix with around 40 crops or so. We launched with the most important crops in India, and we're gradually working to expand this coverage. This is hard work, and it's also cross-functional because uh, our machine learning engineers have to work together with those plants, with those plant experts, um, create new sets, label them, 
and then train those uh, neural networks. Um, this is hard work, but also <laughs> computationally expensive. We use GPUs for that. And there's quite a lot of challenges involved. Just last week, someone shared an article, a blog post about um, people advocating for essentially building a clone of Plantix uh, in one day using Google Cloud Services. Uh, it's great to see technology advancing and becoming more accessible, but, but because uh, we had a good laugh, <laughs> because uh, it took us a few years to optimize uh, our models. And of course, you can't build a really competing <laughs> version of Plantix in a day. So training those machine learning models still takes time and effort. But it, this is not the only thing we do, of course. Um, apart from expanding to new crops and diseases, we also have to improve the accuracy. And I love you mentioned accuracy here. So we are constantly trying to improve the accuracy and um, also the sensitivity of our approaches. Uh, so that means staying on top of the current lit literature in, uh, in this domain. Uh, also in, in recent advancements, do a lot of research and experimentation for those extra 2%, extra 3% of accuracy or so. Uh, that's another class of challenges we are facing in the moment and working hard on. Um, the third class is uh, we also trying to improve our models in different ways and also add new models to the mix. Just uh, a few weeks ago, we launched a new feature. Uh, we've trained a new neural network uh, to recognize uh, quality issues with the images farmers are uploading. So if you take an image from too far or the image is too blurry, uh, we're going to again label that and eventually provide meaningful far, uh, feedback to the farmer. Can you please come closer or try to hold your uh, phone still, etc. Et we are also launching a new model right now uh, which uh, recognizes trends of pathogens and diseases in a specific area. So we can send a push notification to your phone and warn you upfront that there is a rising levels of a specific pathogen or specific disease in your area. Um, that's on the machine learning end, on the back end, and we have a certain scale to deal with. Uh, at 30 million images in total, millions of images per year, and tens of thousands of daily active users and more than a million uh, users of the app in total. This is not quite Google and Facebook scale, but it is not negligible either. Uh, so uh, we have to make sure we're building systems that are resilient, well-tested, stable, observable, uh, and so on and so forth. Yeah, that was a very good explanation. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with the, that on the one side, there are these challenges that you are dealing with with machine learning. And on the other side, there are these with uh, the scale of the problem. So apart from the technological side, could you tell us a little bit about what it is like to work at Plantix? I would love to. Um, Plantix is still a startup um, and not a very big one. Uh, we are around 100 people at the moment. So the startup spirit startup spirit is still alive but well <laughs> of course we are maturing and try to be more structured introduce certain processes but not in a rigid way plantix is still a very friendly place of uh, it feels like a bunch of friends working together um, very welcoming um, 
we, we joke that we have a diversity problem in engineering in Berlin because by accident, half of uh, our team are people who have something to do with music. <laughs> uh, we have a few people with music degrees in music production, sound engineering. Uh, I even interviewed another candidate last week who had yet a degree in sound engineering purely by accident. This is a joke, of course. Um, <laughs> we are very open. No, it's not a joke that we, we have a lot of musicians. I also play the guitar myself, or I'm not a professional musician myself. Uh, but uh, we're very welcoming towards people from any race and gender. I still want to see the time where we'll have more women in technology, uh, but not by compromising the hiring bar or uh, you know doing any any rigging in the system. Um, Plantix is still held together by its purpose. Uh, Every single person who works in this company identifies with the purpose. And, you know, in our case, the purpose is not change the world by trading stocks or serving ads. That has its place in the world. But for us, the purpose is bigger. And every single person identifies with it. And that holds the company together. Uh, apart from that, uh, we are graduating from the early startup days and trying to be great at engineering and we're essentially rebuilding plantings engineering at the moment as a high performance team uh, where we deeply care about engineering practices that sounds very good uh, and are there any opportunities for people looking to work at plantings at the moment we had a successful hiring campaign this season after the restrictions from the corona craze were <laughs> lifted. Uh, so um, in engineering in Berlin, uh, hiring is closed at the moment, but I really hope uh, at some point next year, we'll have an, an, another round where we'll be looking for software engineers to join our team and the machine learning engineer as well to expand the machine learning team. Um, however, at the moment, we are hiring in India. Now, when we say technology in India, you probably think, uh, you probably don't think indoor, but this is where we are at the moment. <laughs> okay. So um, it's a nice city. I've never been there, but I hear it's very nice, but um, it's more difficult to find people who are interested in technology and joining us there. So um, hiring is open there. We are looking for people who join engineering half remotely. We recently acquired a new company called Salesbee. So now we are one company and this is where the indoor office is coming from. Uh, we are looking for people to join the indoor office. They will be sitting physically in the indoor office, but will technically be part of uh, the engineering team in Berlin. All right. So you have uh, uh, an office in indoor and in Berlin at the moment. That is that is right. And uh, we're apart from Plantix Engineering, we're also looking for designers and Android developers as well to join our product teams. All right, great. And what kind of candidates are you looking for? Or what kind of qualities are you looking for in the candidates that you hire? I, I love that question. Um, the reason why I gave you such a lengthy introduction to my background is to give you an idea where, um, where I'm coming from with these um, you know, concepts in my head about building teams. Uh, and one thing I truly appreciate about my time in, in Quartrix and getting closer to the, you know, uh, to 
how Teams and, and Amazon and Google were built was the realization that um, we, for solving hard problems, you need surprise problem solvers. So hiring is the single most important um, activity any tech company needs to master to perfection. Every second, every extra second spent in hiring, I have no regrets spending that effort. It's it's well invested about the future. So type of people we are looking for is very simple. Problem solvers. <laughs> you know, these <laughs> days you read job descriptions uh, with um, a soup of technologies in the mix. So narrow, so specific. Uh, probably not many people in the world fit that job description perfectly. And you wonder, why is that? I truly disagree. And to be honest, I'm a little bit frustrated with this industry in this regard these days. In Plantix, we have a completely different approach. We take this Google-like approach where we hire so strong software engineers, people who care about fundamentals. We trust that someone who has taken the time to learn the basics of computer science and software engineering will be smart enough to learn a new technology uh, as they see fit because our technologies are not set in stone. They're just a set of current set of tools we use. And we're not looking for specialists in those tools. We're looking for people who can master any tool in the future and recommend new ones. Yes, I agree. Uh, so it's basically these problem-solving skills can be applied to any technology. I totally agree. Yes. I'm sure many of the listeners found your explanation of plant picks and uh, the kind of work that you're doing very interesting and might also be thinking of applying and working at the company. Perhaps you have some advice for them? Yes, uh, I would love to uh, interview anybody who wants to join Plantix. And I mentioned that we intentionally have a high bar that will never be compromised. Uh, it's also a bit like a competition in this regard. Once you pass the interview stages, you feel like you've accomplished something and you don't need to prove anything to anyone anymore. You've proven to the entire company that you have done your homework and you're a great engineer. But this also comes at a price, which is uh, any of us could have failed the interview. It's also a bit of a luck uh, involved in this. That should not scare off candidates, though. Um, if you have a bad day or uh, you, by accident, you have to solve a problem you're not too good at just because you have not solved such problems in the past, we're happy to do this multiple times. You can reapply as many times as you want. It will be set you up for success. We want every candidate to succeed. So I go out of my way to provide detailed feedback about us, uh, the solutions candidates provide how, what to learn next, what to improve if necessary, etc. So my advice for candidates is stay curious and humble and love solving problems. <laughs> that's very good advice. I, yeah, that's very good advice. Thank you very much, Ivan, for sharing your valuable insights and your advice with us and talking about your experience and your work at Plantix. It was a pleasure talking to you. That's all, folks. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and check out our blog on indiatogermany.com. See you in the next episode.